Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome back, everyone. It has been a crazy 2020 so far. I haven't posted very many episodes this year. Things have just been a little bit busy with our homeschool life. But I am happy to be back today and sharing a great episode with you. And of course, we are in the midst of a situation that most of us have never experienced before. And of course, I'm talking about the coronavirus and everything going on with that and everything being closed and just the craziness that is occurring in our world. So obviously, homeschoolers are affected a little bit less by this in that we already are used to doing work at home and independently and adapting and figuring out what will work best for us. So we are in a pretty good place overall. However, many of us have outside classes and lessons and extracurricular activities, and those, of course, are all affected. Everything is being shut down all around the United States and around the world. So we are still cooped up in many cases, though obviously I encourage everyone to still get outside, go for walks, play in your yard, obviously experience social distancing as you see necessary, but still getting outside is still important for your health and your sanity. But it's also a great time to play games, such a great time to engage with your family, play games. There are so many that obviously are educational, but so many that are just fun and they can add to your family. So I am thrilled to be able to bring you this episode where I interview a friend and game school expert, Meg Grooms. Hello, today we have a special guest on the podcast and we are speaking to Meg Grooms of homeschoolgameschool.com. I was afraid I was going to get it backwards. <laughs> Did not want to do that. So Meg is a longtime homeschooler mm-hmm. as well as a game schooler. And she's going to talk with us a little bit today about game schooling in general, but also about adaptations and making games work for our individual families. So welcome, Thank Meg. you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Anne. Appreciate being here. We are so excited to have people that... I follow in social media and get to meet in the real world. I know. And so it's really fun to be able to talk with people in person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about game schooling in general, maybe how you came to game schooling. And then also I want you to talk about why you started your own business. Okay, great. So my son is 15 and he several years ago, he was probably about eight, he was having some trouble in school with math. So we were playing games, and he said to me, Mom, you know, I like playing games more than I like schoolwork. And it kind of hit me, and I thought, all right, okay, we can do that with this kid. And so from there, and that was in 2012, I guess, so from there, we incorporated games into everything, whether we were making our own games or playing games that other people had made. And it really, it really worked well for my children. They're all very diverse. So we could customize games for each of them. Now, as for why I started the blog, um, I 
they're kind of addicted to blogging. <laughs> I was at the time, I'm not now. And it was a really great way for me to express myself. So we started out as a tiny little blog and it has grown exponentially. Now we're a full-fledged website. We have a, a store. We have a giant game schooling group on Facebook. So it just kind of naturally evolved. And as my children grew and I had more time to devote to it, it became a business for me. And it's, it's I love doing it. Even um, on the days I don't love it so much, um, I know that I have control of that. And I'm a horrible employee, terrible. Every job I've ever had has been awful. So being able to work for myself and start this business, even if it's not terribly profitable, has been very good for me as a person. So, Wonderful. Yeah. And I will definitely put Meg's website and her Facebook page in the show notes. But for those that have not visited her site, I have to tell you I found it so valuable. You can look and find games for math. You can find mm -hmm. games for history. You can find games for preschoolers. You right. can find games for teenagers. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's well organized as far as finding games for your specific um, need, mm -hmm. whether that's academic or fun or whatever it is. Right. And, you know, we have a review queue that my team and I take turns reviewing. Now, we're all very busy, so we don't do it as much as we'd like to. But we have a queue of about 120 games right now that we have to review. Wow. And, yeah. So our big thing is um, marketing them for adaptability because the whole team, we all have very neurodiverse children and uh, younger children, older children. So, you know, adapting the games has become kind of, you know, natural and something that we are very, very excited about because we can take what worked for us and our children and give the advice to other people so they don't feel so alone or so lost because game schooling is not difficult and it shouldn't be made difficult. So we are there to help people pick games or learn how to make the games their own. And that's what, I love that. Oh, thank I, you. I, yes, I absolutely love that. And I love, if you see on, if you follow Meg on her Facebook page, she'll often put little comments or we tried this today mm -hmm. or um, one of her children may have said we're playing this game this way mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true yeah and that's i love i love seeing that yeah they can be pretty obstinate in that way but <laughs> yeah we just go with the flow and we we do what we do and it's a learning experience unless it's family game night then it gets brutal <laughs> and everybody is like it's all it, it goes crazy and we are very competitive when we want to be. <laughs> yes. So so unless it's family game night, yeah, we're pretty 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 lax on the games and how we play. So talk a little bit about house rules and what that means okay. and how people can use that. Okay. Well, house rules are literally house rules. They are special rules that you make to accommodate your gameplay that are used only in your house. So if you go out to a friend's house or a tournament or whatever, you can't use those rules. And I love house rules because they 
they are customized. One of our biggest house rules is if this game stops being fun for anybody who's playing, it is okay to get up and say, this isn't fun for me anymore, and they, they can leave. Now, we do ask for help cleaning up their pieces or whatever, um, and they're very good about that. It doesn't happen often. And frankly, some of the times it's me <laughs> who gets up like a, a vicious game of ticket to ride. Like, okay, this isn't fun for me. And they'll just keep on doing their own thing. And uh, so that's our biggest house rule. Another house rule that we have is that if one of our children isn't able to uh, participate fully in the game, then we do teams. Whether it's a cooperative game or not, we do teams. Um, because there are soft skills to be learned through gaming and just because a person does not have access to this game that doesn't mean that we can't help bring the access to them. Oh I love that. That's yeah. great. Especially maybe for a non-reader or Absolutely. something like that. They mm -hmm. can team up. I, that's a great idea. Yeah and it helps the siblings get along because you know I've six kids um two of them are grown so i only have four in the house and they are constantly butting heads and you know kids do this they're they're learning their boundaries but if we go into a team they build their relationship a little bit better so even if it kind of you know backslides a little after the game they still have that experience together that's wonderful yeah i love that mm -hmm. and, and that's also one of the great things about homeschooling is that mm -hmm. It's not like a same age grade. It's, right. You're interacting with multiple ages. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example of sometimes the older kids might not want to play with the younger kids, but it, this is a great way for them to work together and learn mm -hmm. from each other. I love that. Right. Because that's real life. You yes. know? Yeah. And I also love this because there are certain games that normally we would look at and say, oh, we can't play that mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. you know, one of the kids is too young, or yeah. we can't play that for whatever reason. And the house rules or mm -hmm. playing as a team mm -hmm. makes so many more games accessible. It does, yeah. And I really, I, I love the house rules idea because there is, um, there is even a game last night. We're at Game School Con, as mm -hmm. Meg mentioned, and one of the games that we were playing last night, everybody liked the game except for one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, why do we have to do that? Mm -hmm. And we all kind of looked at each other like, you're right, we don't have to do that right. part. So we just stopped doing that mm -hmm. one part of the game. And then we kept playing, and it was very fun. But yes. it's, it's, I think rules are so ingrained in us yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that it's hard for us to break out of them and yeah. realize we don't have to follow the rules. Right. We can do whatever works best for us. Yeah, and you know, that's how homeschooling is in general. Um, this is a good example of how life can follow how we educate the kids. Now, I'm not saying that one method of education is more valid than another. That's not true at all. But we are fortunate enough that we can expose our children to things like this. So that, you know, my homeschool doesn't have to look like your homeschool. And your gaming doesn't have to look like, you know, the people on TV or YouTube playing the game. And it doesn't even have to look like the rules, you know? You can even use those cards and make a completely different game, you know? Yes. It's very, very creative. And gaming and homeschooling need some creativity. So it's 
it can be expanding like that. I'm not a very creative thinker, but this has forced me to think differently, more strategically and logically, of course, but also it helps me expand what I am comfortable with. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Can you, I know this is putting you on the spot because I didn't say I was going to ask you, oh, no. but what are some of your current favorite games, not only okay. for you maybe personally, but mm-hmm. just in your house? Okay. So we recently reviewed a game called Dragon Times, and it's a sneaky math game. And my son, who is 15, and I played it first. There are different levels, but just for the review, we played the most basic level. And it is a game where you have to rescue these dragons by, you flip over a number, and then in the cards in your hand, you have to make some sort of equation to equal that. So if you have a, if the card flipped over is an 18, you have a three and a six, you can play those, you rescue the dragon, and whoever has the most dragons at the end wins. The reason that I love this game, and even my son loved this game, is it comes with a spell book. And the spell book is actually a multiplication chart. So multiplication is very difficult for a lot of people. I don't know all of my multiplication tables. I have a calculator that I walk (laughs) around with, right? Our teachers always told us we never have a calculator in real life. They lied. true. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I have the most basic ones memorized for when I go to the store or whatever. So this game is accessible because of the multiplication chart. So, you know, that sort of thing is another way you can adapt a game. Uh, Have a cheat sheet, call it a spell book. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of our favorites. My six-year-old loves a game called Happy Bunny by Blue Orange Games. They are one of my very favorite publishers. Um, They're very eco-friendly, which is one of the reasons I love them so much. Um, So Happy Bunny is a game where it's cooperative, and you and another player play as a bunny hopping through the forest. And well, hopping through a carrot field in a forest. So as you go through, you roll and then you can pick, uh, basically you get to pick carrots and you compare sizes of carrots. Well, it's good for counting from one to four, but my daughter, she's got a bit of a competitive streak that I've never seen before. So we quickly turned it into a competitive game. And so now we even take the little figures, the meeples are a farmer and a bunny, and she makes us get a piece of tape and tape them to our shoulders. And because she likes seeing that, which is another way to adapt a game. She has, you know, trouble with uh, spatial reasoning. So taping the bunny to our shoulders allows her from the other side of the table to see it and kind of uh, get a feel for the space between us, which is really good for children um, and adults. And not just those with uh, special needs, some of us need a bubble and that helps us learn personal space. So that's a great game, Happy Bunny. My favorite game in the history of all my favorite games at the moment is House on, or Betrayal at House on the Hill. And there's a whole series of betrayal games. And I understand Legacy is better, but I'm really attached to the first version. So that's what I play. Um, I love this game. 
we can all participate. It's very reading heavy. So, you know, my teens will read everything out loud. Now, it is a little bit, they call it a horror game because some of the, uh, the scenarios, well, I mean, you are trying to kill people, I guess. <laughs> um, I like it because you can actually play as multiple people. It's pretty diverse. Um, the characters are all shades of skin. They're not so great with the disability part, but maybe they'll get there. So that is one of my favorite games. It's like Clue on steroids, right? And then we also like Mysterium, which is another game in the horror genre, um, but it's an interpretive game. You All you get are from the ghost. If you have never played Mysterium, if you buy it, hold the box, look at your family and say, I'm the ghost first. Just do it. You know, in all the years we've had this game, I have never been the ghost. Oh, wow. Never. <laughs> so, you know, one day I will be. But, you know, you just have these cards to look at. There's no words. There are no pictures. It's all about thoughts and clues that may or may not make any sense because the ghost is trying to give you information but they can't talk all they can do is give you a card and knock on the table so that's really cool i really like that game and that's a game that everybody in the family can play and we adapt it a little bit because there is one scenario that is quite disturbing for me based on past traumas so to adapt it we take that card out we don't play that card we don't have to right so you know those are our favorite games at the moment. Well, mine, my husband would probably pick Ticket to Ride Europe, and my nerdy 16-year-old would probably pick Flags of the World or Throw Throw Burrito or something. She's, you never know with her. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of games, lots of different uh, genres that we're playing right now that we love. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for being with us today. I love listening to you. And just thank you so much for taking the time to share. Thank you so much for inviting me. I know we've been trying to do this for over a year. And I'm sorry to ramble on, but I get so excited. Oh, no, no rambling. It's, <laughs> it was wonderful. And I love hearing about games and gaming. Thank you so much. Thank you. I so enjoyed doing that interview with Meg, and I hope you enjoyed it too. I hope you got some new ideas about game schooling in your home. And again, be sure to check the show notes for all the information and where you can find Meg on Facebook and on her website. If you have any questions, please post them on Facebook or send me an email, and I would be sure to get back with you. Until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.